Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Yeah, in fact, uh, so now I'm going to tell you the story again about John that I've told you before when I was ever at that party last week. Okay, so when I got to the 82nd, John, which I didn't really care for, I thought he was in, I didn't really like him too much. I thought he was full of himself, to be honest with you. Um, he said, all right, I need your phone number in case whenever you get killed and then call your parents and tell them where to come pick you up. You know, just, just you know, just, just things like that. Stuff people say. So I said 903, area code 903, and he stopped right there and he said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Longview, Texas. He said, brother, I grew up in Hallsville. To put that in perspective, that's like Mobile, Alabama and Sims. So it's very close, which is not uncommon. In fact, in 525, one of my platoon sergeants was from Marshall, Texas. It's the same thing. It's like saying Mobile Sims. So right off the bat, I did have two platoon sergeants that grew up literally in East Texas right there with me. So that's another connection that we had with these guys. I still talk to Hester and I still talk to John McNevin. Well, we go, we come back. Um, my buddy Chris Woolshide, is, has, he had been diagnosed with cancer while we were in high school. They didn't think he was going to make it, but he did for a while. But we knew it was coming to an end for Chris. And Chris is just one of my guys in high school that I was really close with. So I told John, he's, he got the paperwork leave all squared away for me. So I drove from North Carolina to Texas to literally pick up my buddy Andy and my buddy Adrian. She, all three of us were really close with Chris. And we stopped for an hour in Texas and then I drove straight to Michigan. We took turns to Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We get up there and we can only stay for a weekend, but it didn't matter. We just had to see him one more time. We just, the group again. Um, and Chris has some family members over there that I meet. They were always lived in Michigan. You know, Chris moved to Longview, uh, Pine Tree area where I went to school. I don't know, eighth grade or so, but he had, he was originally from there and he had family up there. Well, there he has a cousin, cousin or something, a family member that was in the army and started talking or whatever. And I told him I was and what I was doing. And then somehow names got dropped. He said, I know, I know John. So my buddy, Chris, his cousin, I got John on the phone from North Carolina, and they actually deployed together. The first time with, uh, it's an outfit out of Hawaii. What's the, got the, oh, the uh, you know which one I'm talking about? Infantry. Yeah, the, I guess, it is, whatever that unit is out of Hawaii that has it's like the lightning bolts down. They deployed to Afghanistan together. John deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq. And I just thought, man, this, that's crazy. That's a small world. Then I go back home and whatever, life's, you know, going same by same old, same old. And we were at, I'm 99% sure it was Arby's and they're eating lunch. And he's just looking at me, smiling. It's like, what do you want, dude? What are you looking at me for like that? He's on the phone. Turns out that my dad and his mom literally work right side by side each other at the same job. And I was like, dude, I'm going to end up finding I'm related to you somehow. I mean, this is insane, this connection. Um, but we lost, we lost bases touch for a while and my dad set it up one time for him to come out and meet me at my grandma's when I was in town and surprised me 
And ever since then, we've vowed not to ever lose connection with each other. He's come down here twice. I've gone and saw him when I went to Colorado with Mark in October. We stopped by and saw John. Um, John's come down here. We've done the battleship and all that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a guy that I have more respect for than I probably have for most people, just of what he's done uh, and, and what he's been through and what this country has asked of people like him and what he did. Uh, and it never once complained, not once, maybe disagreed and would vocally disagree with higher ups in a respectful but tactful manner to say, I think this is wrong, but would still execute the mission to what they said. It, it, it just, it blows my mind. There's people out there like that headstrong that can do that. And he's just one of those people again, that could rally people together. And I would say a leader, you know, some people, may have great ideas or whatever, but you don't know how to express them to get other people to follow you. That is an amazing thing to be able to do. That is an amazing thing. It's you almost can, impossible. It is almost impossible. You're right. You're right. Those it's, leaders come around. And I mean, it, it is hard. In a lifetime, yeah. you know, it's like yes. an inch worth of yes. the <laughs> It is. And, and he is one of those people that to this day, he could call me up from Bangladesh, wherever. I'd be there tomorrow if he needed me. Like it just... It wouldn't matter. It would not matter. You I would be there. Think all these guys will come up to Alaska and see you? Uh, I know John will. I haven't even told him yet I'm going to Alaska. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even told him yet because uh, we just found out. Um, I think Mark, I know Mark will. Mark may never leave. Uh, <laughs> Mark may never leave. Um, I know John will. Um, well, it's, it's uh, in the wintertime. Oh, I don't cold, care. Man. So what? It's hot down here. I can't stand the heat anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I have no desire to the heat whatsoever. Um, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I, so I sweat something fierce, okay? I remember taking off those stupid vests in Iraq after you get back. Mm. They thought I was dry. They just thought I had a brand new brown shirt on. I was so soaked every time I came back. I thought it was a brand new brown shirt. It was literally, I mean, you could just wring it out. I mean, it's so nasty. I have nothing but disdain for the heat. I don't care for heat anymore. I'd rather bundle up than try to actually get cool. I remember uh, that part in that, the movie. It's disgusting. The older brother, I mean, he goes out with him and he's just like, it's so yeah. <laughs> awful. I mean, anybody, I'll tell you the worst, though, was Kuwait. I thought Kuwait was the hottest place I've ever been to because you had the humidity go along with that heat. Mm. And when we first got to Kuwait and doing our little in-processing in, uh, this was the first time going over there. We went to Kuwait both times, but the first time I remember I slept for the morning and for lunch, would only eat dinner. And crawl right back. I was so hot, so miserable, just trying to climatize. I didn't. That's another thing we were talking about last night. I didn't realize climatize was actually a real thing. I remember in Iraq the first time when it was October, November. I had every winter gear clothing on I could possibly have, and it was 80 degrees. I'm like, it is 80 degrees, and I am freezing right now. I will never forget, you know, feeling like I didn't realize climatizing was an actual you've been thing. It's so hot. And it it's so hot, yes, and, and you like, are freezing. Whoa. Yes, I did not realize that was a real thing. I, can't, I think I came home. It was in November. Mm -hmm. And like by then, I mean, it's literally hot. 
but I'm freezing because I've been so hot for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And every day I'm wearing all my stuff, and then I get back over here, and it's colder, and I just can't. I mean, I can't get warm. Yeah, I, I can remember those. We went to. We had some leave times. So we came to Florida just because we were in Kentucky, and I couldn't get warm. I was like, let's go down to Florida. And just so we did. Stay down there. Yeah. <laughs> Got warm, huh? <laughs> really warm. But, man, um, I appreciate you doing this with us. Absolutely, man. So if, okay, the 22 mm-hmm. and inspiring people to live, with that thought in mind, what would you say to people that are, uh, you know, they're, they're getting out, they're on this verge, they don't know what folks are going through, they're looking for something, what inspirational thing would you leave folks with? I don't know. I, I That, I think, is a bridge that each person has to cross in a different way. What you're doing right now, I would never want to do. But that's your thing. Yeah. And it has helped you and it also given an outlet for other people to get their story out. And that is a admirable thing. And it's something that maybe can be preserved forever that in 200 years, maybe, you know, what would it be like to listen to all the World War II vets get out and do this? Mm-hmm. That would be something to hear. Um, but if, that's your thing. If we'd have had this from the Civil War, right? maybe we wouldn't have jumped into Vietnam right. so quick. I mean, there, I, I don't know what it is. Um, and this is another thing that eats me up because you want to go to these, you want to go to them and you want to say, I understand. You don't think anybody understands. Even the people that you would deployed with, maybe you don't even think they understand because it's your own personal demons inside of you of getting out and trying to figure out how am I going to make this work now? I, I just did all this insane stuff that was asked of me and I did it. And now... I'm transitioning back, and I, I guess I bring it back full circle is to that kid bef- that before I went in and looking at, I don't even know who that person was. I, I don't, like, I can see that person, but it's not me. It's not me today. I know that. And it scares me to think that ever was me on some of the things that I used to do and to now. I don't know. That That's a bridge that I think each person is going to have to build. Um, talking, you know, people always say you got to talk and get it out. That's very true. But you have to talk to the right person as well. Just talking to anybody I don't think is going to help you. I I don't think. I think you have to actually talk to the right person that clicks with you. And so how do you find that? I have no idea. Like I have no idea how you, what, what you say to people getting out that may be struggling with all these emotions inside. It's but you gotta find the one that works for you. You gotta find something that works for you if you if you have some people get out and I guess never have any issues. I don't know. Um, I've talked to a few that were like, "Hey, I'm fine." Right. That, that, and 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 that's great. Um, I surely don't have as many issues I've seen with other people. And it shouldn't even be more of like a meter of deciding on this or that. It's just everybody deals with everything differently. And some people are affected more by some things, and those some things may affect other people differently. And that's okay. For me personally. It has been a realization, I think, of how I... No, I'll tell you exactly how I did it, now that I think about it. 
I forgave myself for everything I thought was wrong that I did in Iraq. That's exactly. I can remember this now. My, I have a cousin that was in the Marines and he got out. And I'm not going to put a lot of words in his mouth because I haven't really talked to him. I've talked to him before when I was in Oregon, but let's just say it was bad for him. Um, I don't know where he was at. I can't remember if he was in Afghanistan or Iraq. And this is on my mom's side. So this is my, my mom's oldest brother, their youngest child. And he's much younger than me, um, much younger. And I know it was bad. He saw a lot of stuff. And I think he was having problems getting through a lot of this stuff. And I remember the words I said to my mom. And until he forgives himself for what he did, because I, I think there's a lot of us, and maybe I'm the only one who thinks this, I don't know. I don't agree with a lot of things that happened over there. And I feel guilty or I have felt guilty that things we did over there may have not have been the best thing. You know, there's this very slippery slope when you go into, well, our intentions were moral. Maybe the outcomes of it weren't as much moral. That's a very slippery slope going down saying, well, our, we, our will was good. But a lot of things we did over there, I'm not, it's a very tightrope walk this. There's just some things I don't agree with that happened over there. And I think the biggest problem that I had coming back was forgiving myself for being a part of some of those things that I didn't agree with. That was a big step for me. That was a huge part that I dealt with coupled with watching some people get physically and mentally injured and wondering and maybe connecting the parts that I didn't agree with, connecting them to their injuries that kept me up because I hated seeing some very close friends of mine being injured by some things that maybe I didn't agree with at that time on certain aspects that how do you let that go? You just, for me, I had to just forgive myself for being a part of that. And I guess being loyal to them and be there for them whenever I can at the same time. That's trying to tightrope a very delicate conversation. It is, it is a delicate Because I don't, some people view it differently. Mm -hmm. well, very it, on edge about what I'm trying to get at. Because I don't want to piss anybody off. But everybody has to do this. Right. Like, you, even there's your delicateness, a, right. every single veteran right. has to deal with this issue yeah. on some on some yeah. level. For for, uh, for me, it was I had to forgive myself for a lot of things that I, I'm not going to get really into details. That I feel there are some th there's some just some aspects that I don't agree with that we did anyways, and I felt probably I don't care if you're if you think you're morally correct, the outcome you can't use well our our our, our our feelings were moral. Well, it doesn't matter. You know what your feelings are. The outcome is actually what matters. And there's 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 some things there that probably ate me up more than anything was watching good people get hurt. And on on 
on both sides, really. You know, there's some very good Iraqis that we, it's just, it, it sucks all around is what it does. And then it puts you in a position where nobody's going to understand it when you get back. Like, I don't, there's this kid that I work with that was trying to go to the military and I was trying to do everything I could to explain to him, okay, if you want to, he knows a lot about his Navy because his dad was in the Navy. So he knows about that. Well, I was explaining to him the Army stuff and, and going to him with that. But how do you even explain this part to him? Like, I never would. Like, I almost want to, like, jump and say, don't do it. There's a lot of, or at least understand. But then you don't, they're never going to understand it. They're never going to understand those types of feelings of maybe guilt, hate, pissed off, whatever. And thankfully, he, he for me, thankfully, I found people that I could talk to. And I've reconnected with people that we can talk about things. Um, John helped me just get through a thing the other day that has nothing to do with the military. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, it's a very long story. It happened a long time ago. Um, I had, you can read about it, uh, in Outback Steakhouse in Texarkana back in 2003, Labor Day weekend. Uh, I had two very close friends murdered, and that was Rebecca Shiflett and Matt Hines. Matt Hines was 31 years old. Rebecca Shiflett was probably 23. She was pregnant at the time, six months. They both worked at Outback Steakhouse in Longview. That's where I met them, and that's where we became friends. Uh, we would go out and do barbecues, whatever. Well, Matt was the front of house manager, got promoted to have his own store. Rebecca was like a key, and she got promoted to front of house manager in Texarkana. It's about an hour and a half drive or so away from Texarkana. Labor Day weekend, they got shot and killed by a former employee who came in and put them on their knees. And I, they caught the people. Both of them are serving sentences. I had just the other month this overwhelming sense of like, oh my gosh, I think one of them are getting out soon. And I don't know where it came from. I have no idea where this sense came from. I almost had a breakdown. I was in my garage and I almost had a breakdown. And immediately I talked to John and I'm not gonna go to details of the conversation, but he was able to literally calm me down. And this is about nothing to do with the military. This has nothing to do with the army. This is nothing to do with anything, but this is but a person, trust. but the trust of talking about a delicate situation like that. And I don't know where that overwhelming sense of just, I think one of these killers is about to be set free. I think one of them is about to be on parole. Turns out he wasn't. I couldn't look. I could not face the reality and see, but he's not. And you know, I don't know if that fear and that rush has to do with like the instincts of going in from the military and getting out and that primal fear of danger is really close because this is not really danger. The guy served his time, whatever. But to me, it's this guy killed my friends a long time ago. This is an overwhelming feeling of fight or flight type thing. Like this guy is going to be on the and I knew I immediately needed to contact somebody that I could very much trust. And once again, it was somebody, the right person. I could, I, I could have easily talked to Mark about it, and I did. I had him come over later and talk, talk to me, uh, and just help cool me down, bring me down. 
but it's people, the right people. You're talking about what, what can people do. You're going to have to have these people, I guess, in place that you can trust for anything that you can talk to. Because I don't know if this, if I would have reacted the same if I was in the military or not. I don't know how I would have reacted knowing the situation. What I've even cared. You know, the way I look at it is now that I have, I have valued life a lot more before I went into the military than after. I, I value life a lot more now than what I did. I look at human life as precious and I look at, I think back to when Matt and Rebecca, we were friends. Had I been mature enough or not, they'd probably been a lot more closer friends than what I was, than what they were. I was a young kid though, but I can't imagine if anything happened to John or anything happened to Mark or anything happened to anybody that I have now become so close and bonded with of how I'd react. And these people have helped me a lot calm me down. You know, my wife has helped me calm me down. Um, well, it, it, but it's, it, it gets, it does get tough. Now, what you're saying, this is the human experience. Right. This isn't necessarily the soldier experience. No, this is afterwards. But is it, is it tied? I don't know. I don't know of how I act now because I look at life a lot more precious than I did you know, after I got out, I look at life much, much more precious than what I did. I really didn't have a lot of, I didn't really care. You know, I didn't really, yeah. I mean, you care, you have your family and whatever, but now I, I value life and because you make connections in the military. I didn't think people could personally make that weren't even family. And now they're closer than family to me. I mean, they are in my circle. I mean, they are, you know, everything. So you value it and you value it a lot more and you value life a lot more because, you know, I told I try to tell like my daughter, Facebook or whatever. It's like, you don't have 250 friends or whatever. You've got 250 pixelated images on a screen that respond back to you on a message. You don't, you have like four friends in life. Like that's about the number you're actually going to get is about four or five actual friends who will drop the ball and do anything for you when you're there. I mean, if you just want to narrow it down, just say, I got to move and see how many friends you got. You don't have a lot of friends, just move. I mean, that right there alone, people will be like, oh, I got to work and all this crap. I mean, somebody like myself who there's 1,500 friends right. or whatever, plus the group but that, that I care for. I'm like, I love you. Right. I love but you too, man. I don't man. know you, man. I, I don't you know, know you, but like, we, knowing that, you know, I, I, have, I have listened to Mark talk so highly of you that I already think so highly of Mark that, yeah, you guys are already in my family. Like, you could come through my door any day, sit down, and whatever. But, uh, but it's still like you're saying, even with that. Yeah. The, the, there's this old thing about, in, in Christianity, they talk about Christ. You know, like, it's like, it, Christianity is not you and 700 members. Right. It's you and this Christ figure. Right. Like, God in man flesh. And it was, like this college I went to to get my master's degree when I handed it my doctorate degree college too they had this like thing on the door said to know him and make him known and I think what you're talking about true friendship is somebody that knows you yeah and, and they like when you talk about Matt and Rebecca like two things happen one I'm very sad yeah it's awful and, and two I want to go to Outback Steakhouse <laughs> and, and, and celebrate right their lives because they worked there. Yeah, they did. And in and in outback, you know, are you going to find a better steak? You're right. I mean, you know, I, I I just like how do you honor somebody like that? How do you honor this story? But but what you're telling us isn't just that. It's the closeness of a friendship that you can pick up the phone and you can call somebody and saying, 
I don't know what's going on, but right. I need to talk. Yeah. Because this stuff, like in the middle of the night, because we all have it. I mean, all these pictures, like, I mean, people get, this is a training jump, I, I Yeah, assume. yeah, I never jumped in combat. So, yeah, that's so all training jumps. Training jump. Yeah. People die in training jumps. Yeah, well, I, I remember a kid that, who next to me, I heard him scream. I think they later said it was one of his vertebrae that was cracked. I mean, that sucks. I mean, that's... Doing the, you know, the, the coming out of the airplane. Yeah, no, no, no. The, airborne uh, jump. Or this, this is air assault. Air assault. In yeah. air assault, I had a yeah. friend, cracked it. So they put this... No, he cracked it in a jump, okay? Right. And they put this titanium rod in. And he's like, okay, no more jumping. Yeah, no so more. So he goes to do an air assault thing, right? Does he... Hits the bottom, and they're dro- they're t- t- getting dropped off. You know, uh-huh. like the helicopter's moving on. I right. guess <laughs> the titanium rod bends somehow, oh my God. And, and he was just like in nightmare pain. Oh, and it's like, and he was still in. Like even after that, like so after the so you live in this world of extreme danger, mm-hmm. and then you. Around you're back in the civilian life, and in the civilian life, things happen like this, like this shooting here, this shooting there. Right, and it was a senseless act, and I think that's what pisses me off more than anything, because it just shows there's no you lost. I think the story goes, um, as far as what happened, he was an ex-employee and he got fired, and he's just coming back there to what to get revenge. Because you lost a job, go to Applebee's will hire you right down the road, man. So you killed. You killed over that? There was four. So Matt and Rebecca, and I count Rebecca's pregnancy as everybody else does, is three. And then there was another girl that always worked at that store. That I mean, I didn't work at Texarkana's store, so I didn't know her. But, I mean, I value her life just the same. You worked it out back? I worked with it out them. back when I, yes, I worked it out back with Matt and Rebecca, both of them in the Longview store. They both got promoted and transferred to the Texarkana store, which, again, was like an hour and a half away. And it was the Labor Day of 2003. Uh, that, that's how they called it the Labor Day Massacre. Uh, in East Texas, and you can pull it up and read it. And I think I even still have that. Cause see, Matt's Matt's son was named is named Cohen, and Cohen and my daughter went to the same school uh, in kindergarten and in first grade, so I believe. Him, yeah, I mean that, that. I mean this happened in 2003. Cohen was, I mean, I was already born the same age. My daughter was one. So, night 2019 minus one, yeah, 18. Yeah, he's 18 years old now. I mean, I haven't seen him since. His his wife at the time, her name was Tony. Uh, and I talked to my brother about it because me and my brother both worked it out back, and we both knew him very well. We it was I mean it was it was bad. It was rough. Um, and I talked to my brother about it as well, and he says that he still sees Tony. Tony, I guess, has moved back to Longview now, uh, and said that you know she's fine. She's moved on. She's remarried and all that and everything. And I guess that helped also bring me down a little bit, man. I don't know where it comes from. It's I haven't had that feeling in a very long time, like not since probably like dealing with it in Oregon during Christmas time. But just that that overwhelming sense of anger and pissed off because I thought this guy was about to get released from jail because one of them's on probation and one of them's serving life uh, and. Well, you've done stuff in you, you. You've been you. You've engaged in politics. Yeah, I have. And you've taken responsibility not only for your own actions, but hopefully for the actions of guiding the country. 
in yeah, in, um, in some small way. Well, <laughs> yes, in some small way. Ron Paul. Correct. Yes, and, and I was. He, he's not the president. Never made it. Nope. So, so in some sense, like even though you've given your best, the country hasn't listened. Uh, well, I mean, the country did listen to him, I guess. I mean, he was on the debate stage and, and whatnot, and a lot of vets supported him. Um, but I was actively involved in the campaign in Oregon, up in the Astoria area, uh, uh, you know, on the ground, boots on the ground type things in that local area. Yeah, I felt it was worth me actually trying to to do something. Uh, this had been the 2008. Had to have been the 2008. No, maybe it was going to 2016. Yeah, but we moved. But we moved. I got out in March of 08. I got out in early 08, and we moved to Oregon in like the very mid, like May or June of 08. Like we were, we were there. It had to have been after Obama got elected. That's when it had to have been uh, the whole Tea Party thing or whatever. That's when I got into the Ron Paul campaign. That's when I started looking into his policies on war, policies on, on different things, but mainly a lot of the war stuff. Um, well, this, this book I've been reading about is it, by a rabbi, mm-hmm. Edward Friedman, and he died. And he wrote some other great books, but his daughters and his, his children, I don't know if it's his daughter, went in and they got these papers. They was going through his stuff, tons, you know, sermons, lectures, and he, they put together a com- compilation of them and put it into a book, and it's called, What Are You Going to Do With Your Life? And one of them, he was addressing, um, I'm going to mess up the guy's name. What was the guy's name that did the uh, atom bomb and everything? Uh, not, Einstein. Okay. Not, he, he helped a lot. So Einstein was always involved in politics in the sense that he'd write a letter and tell his senator, and he would vote, and he would... He still respected people that didn't agree with him, which I think our nation has lost. Absolutely. That art. I mean, just because somebody doesn't agree with you, you still love Absolutely. people. Absolutely. And um, and at the end of the day, part of that's inexperience because you'll you'll notice that like a politician is a person, and they can only do so much. And so. Um, they said Einstein was always involved, like in the circles of life that he lived in in society, and I, I, that's why I watched the State of the Union address. Just because I was reading that, I thought to myself, "Here's a man that I know is a little bit smarter than me." Right? <laughs> I mean, like, Maybe a little bit, huh? Yeah, just, just a tad, you know. And so, if it was okay for him to do it, then it's okay for me to do it, and not. I know the the country's not going to, to start loving one another. I know that people are going to do things that I don't agree with. I know that, like, the state of New York, what they just did with the babies, I don't agree with that. But I guarantee you there's people in New York that I would love. And there's people that are for that that I would love. I, I just don't agree with this aspect of their lives. And it's, it's a hard thing because as a man, you have... I mean, I, I loved this. I I loved this interview in the sense that, like, we started out with this kid who was just, you know, just a couple years younger, right? And 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 we're talking to a man who 
is well rounded. Like you, you probably never read that story about Einstein where like he was doing stuff like that. And you've done that. You've done the well rounded stuff because when I've I've never experienced you as a political nut. And I know Mark doesn't have any political nuts. Right. He's, he's, you know. He has um, one. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> he has one. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> um, well, it be, you know, it, it's it's a, being a well-rounded individual is hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to be a man who can both laugh and cry, to be a man who will stand up for something. And who will also realize that at times you just gotta let things go. Um, There's probably more I need to let go than I need to stand up. Some things you just can't change. Well, I love you talked about forgiving yourself. That's the way I, I think that I, if uh, you ask that thing, I, I think I can remember telling my mom that talking about Nathan is my cousin, who, uh, who, uh, I don't know. It was bad. I just know it was bad. I don't, I'm not gonna describe it because I really don't know what happened. I just know that it was bad. There's a lot of bad things that happened to him over there. Uh, and well, it's, I mean, hey. It was bad. <laughs> folks don't realize it. Yeah. But when we say war is bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. It's awful. And um, I, I do wish, you know, you, you brought up Trump, and I, I want to get this in here. You know, you like what he said, that great countries don't fight endless wars. You know, that, you know, and you hear, and I, throughout the years I've always heard, well, why are we still in Iraq? Well, if we don't stay there, then all those lives lost are in vain. And that's the talking point of it. And you, and, and I'm going to try to tightrope this thing again. I can see the aspect of that. I just disagree. If something is not working, you don't continue to do that and lose more lives. You have more vets coming back. You're separating more families. You're, 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 you're putting this pressure, this, this unbelievable amount of pressure on vast, on your neighbors, on your neighbor's kids, on your uncles, on people down the road that you have no idea that you're putting these vast amount of pressure on. Sometimes honoring the dead, to me, and feel free to disagree, is maybe we just need to stop doing that and only put our military in harm's way when it is absolutely necessary. If talks and negotiation and peace can still happen, then peace should be our end goal. I understand this, the peace through strength aspect. I totally understand it. But I want to go up there to some of those senators someday and say, you send your kids first, and then I will follow those right behind. But don't tell me that... We're going to just send every... I mean, how many bases are we in around the country right now? How many do we need to be... Why are we still in Germany? Why? I, I don't understand that. The, the, if you want to respect the military and honor the military and actually say thank, send them over when it is the last and then you do it quickly and end it abruptly and then bring them back home. Because this... How many times... I have read many times... Guy died in Afghanistan on his ninth tour. Nine times? It's nine times? So what if even, let's say, on his first eight times, nothing really happened? It's not eight times they had to look his kids in the eye and say, I love you. It's eight times he had to say to his family, I'll be back. 
eight times that he had to lie to everyone because you never know. You never know. It's dumb luck sometimes. Mortar round hits there instead of here. How can you train for a mortar round coming on your head? Pick a spot. I haven't worked in a mortar. Right. Uh, like the weirdness of death yes. has nothing to do right. with how good you are or how exactly. well you planned or how well they planned. Exactly. So send our military over there when it is absolutely necessary and then end it as quickly as possible instead of this dragging it out like it has been done now. It drives me nuts that we have still, like I said, my daughter in one year, technically, I guess I could sign a waiver at 17. So in March, she could go fight the same war that this young kid punk left to go try to make a better life for her. That is absurd to me. That is absolutely absurd. And something has got to change on that aspect of it. Well, I, I think that like... It drives me nuts. It, 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 it drives me like, nuts. The other thing is... <clears throat> how long is Bobby, right? How long does Bobby have? Uh, how long has she been in? Yeah. Like how long has she been until 20? Um, like five years. Like we, w I went in 04. She actually went in at 04. So she's got like five years. She's, she's got, got five years. So We're when, hoping Juno's our last that's tour. that's done, I mean, you're very eloquent. It, I'm passionate this, about this. This is the first interview <laughs> I've done where the F-bomb hasn't emerged like 20 times. Oh, no, I told you the switch is off, man. I, <laughs> I can turn the switch off. No, but I mean, I, I get that. And that's what, I guess that's exactly what I'm pointing out. We need men like you who are considerate about people that don't agree with us. Yeah, I, I, I love what you said. I don't mean to interrupt, but we, we have lost the art of if we don't agree on 100% of everything, then we must hate each other. That is ridiculous, by the way. So I'm sorry. I just no, really agreed is. on that. I, 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 like, I really agreed on that. I can almost, almost see myself voting for you one day. No, no, no. If you, you will see me. I am a member of the Texas Nationalist Movement. I, you will see me vote for Texas to secede from this union. That will be the only time I would ever run, is if I could ever help Texas <laughs> move away from this insanity and here you politically. Are moving to Alaska. Absolutely. They're, they're probably the number they're probably the number two state that would probably because I mean what they were only they only came a state in the 50s or 60s somewhere around in that area. yeah there I mean why are you even a part of this insanity just go back your own way I mean but, that's but I'm gonna push you Brian push me I mean uh right here's a picture of you and these jump guys yep that's David and then that's and, and, the jump and master what's that right there you're wearing it's the American flag it's insane that it's the American flag. I mean, it's, I'm not a nationalist by any means, but you've been out there. What we have here is pretty nice. Okay. Define nice. What's nice? Electricity? No, no, no. I, I'll, I'll take it even further. Than okay. That, that, that uh, porcelain thing in there where I took a piss this morning. Okay. You can flush the handle. I could drink that water. Okay. So do you think that the only way you could have that is under these these bars and stripes? Because no, no. I don't agree that that's no, no. true. I don't I don't agree it's true either. But I think it's I lived in Germany for two and a half years while I was stationary. You couldn't drink the water out of a sink. And 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 but why 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 was that? Is it is it because of geographically where Germany is located, or is it the politicians that are just running into the ground, and the overregulations and the overburdens and the taxations and just the 
weirdness of it all. Politics is a real problem. It is. But what I'm pointing to is the fact that we have a lot of people that think about quality of life here. Mm-hmm. And I like the American quality of life. And it, it scares me a little bit. I hear men like you who are very, I mean, you're good at this. Okay. You're good at this. I mean, like, go back and listen to the other 50 interviews. I mean, there's a certain quality of being able to, when you say walk the tightrope. I mean, we dealt with some highly emotional content here. And and at the same time, you didn't, you were careful to love the people that might be listening to it who don't agree. I don't want, yeah. I, I, and, and because yeah. of that, I mean, because... All my interviews are different and unique. I mean, that's right. that's why I'm doing this because I believe every single person has uniqueness. I don't see many of us having the tolerance to do what true politics is caring enough about the person across the aisle to move in a direction. And and I hear you, man. You're going to Alaska. It's awesome. Go enjoy your last five years in Alaska. Mm-hmm. But I hope that you don't abandon that flag. But do you not think that Washington and Jefferson had their own flags that they had to say goodbye to and abandon to create this? Yeah, it can well, be. It can. It, 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 this is well, a relatively you have country. you have five hundred and thirty-five people. Technically, you really only have five people makes the laws because it gets to go to the Supreme Court if one way or the other, and so you have a majority of five people that make the laws. But we're going to say it's 535. 435 in the House side, 100 in the Senate side. Okay. They make the laws for 320 million people. The level of actual representation is beyond gone. I mean, I don't know what 320 million is divided by 535, but there's no way... You know, Jefferson even thought, and I'm going to use it in today's terms, even in your HOAs of today, there would be their own little small political units that would, the sovereignty would come down to the actual house. We have lost complete sovereignty. We have had our rights completely wiped away from this monster. And we have thought over and over and over again we just got to send the right person to feed the beast, and the beast always wins. They will always do, you mark my words, they will always devalue your money. They will always send your kids to war. They will do it wrapped in the flag and call it, tell it just because they know that pulls at your actual patriotic heartstrings versus their ill will and intent to actually get like Halliburton, KBR, and all those things to get them in there and have cheap labor to build up their actual facilities and what they want. Was it about oil? I used to think it was about oil, although I started reading up about like how Gaddafi, he wanted oil for gold. Hussein wanted uh, oil for euros. Finds out all of these guys that want oil for anything other than dollars. Next thing we know, there's a moral reason we need to go invade into that country. I mean, that that's, that's just kind of seems like how the history has gone of it. I don't think ever you will ever fix this country politically. I think it will put every vet future and past into danger because this beast will find a way to create war. Trump is one man. Trump was not my first choice by all. I thought the man was insane. 
this is the first president that I've been alive that has actually grown on me slowly. And I have been reluctant to actually praise him because it, it, it kind of hurts me to say I was wrong on some things like with Trump. Like I thought this man was insane. I thought, well, we're going to be bombing everybody. But here is a man who, like you said, it was the thing that I texted my cousin. He was never in the service, but him and I have a very strong opinion. And we, we see the same page on a lot of things and wars are one of them. Do not fight these endless wars. Every country, every, every empire that ever does, this is one of the ways they go into the dustbins and to the pages that you read about instead of actually to go see greatness. You know, Patrick Henry stood on the Virginia floor and he said, that liberty should be the direct end to your government. Not how you become a great people, not how your trade can be increased, but how your liberties can be assured. And to me, liberty is the last thing. We want to look at security and we want to literally invade and tell the entire world what to do. And this is the first time in my life that I can't rem that I, the left has a problem with Russia. I mean, usually the communists work together, but I mean, I don't, that's just, just a joke to go on. I mean, sure. I mean nothing by it, but <laughs> well, I, it's just that I just, I didn't always thought that the Russians and the left were always would be agreeing. I've never, it's, it is insane. Po politics, politics is going, look at, politics is a religion. It is not a salvation. It is not an answer. It is, an, it is a false doctrine of what politics is. You look at how you saw the fanatics in any religious group act, in any one, and you look at the, the fanatics. They will use any means possible. And I mean on any side. I'm not talking about one side or the other because I think the right is crazy as the left. They will use anything to justify their actions because it's in our political doctrine and these and like we talked about people can't even drink coffee together i mean there's get people like saying if you're wearing a maga hat you can't come into my restaurant i'm sure you know when obama was in office there was guys doing stuff too probably not as the extreme i don't read about it uh, but we are so divisive in politics that we think that we, we, we look how politics is destroying us and the only thing that everybody's saying is send another politician up there that has not worked it has ended it is over it is done we have to realize that we're going to have to be the generation or our kids are going to have to be the generations they're going to have to be the jeffersons and the washingtons and the thomas paines and the patrick henry's who say we're done we have got to start over the problem is they don't know any history they don't know anything well, They're doing this the entire time. This is easily so phone there for those of you who are on the air. <laughs> I mean, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because it, it, we are circling the bowl, in my opinion. On Brian? Yes. Anybody else who's tried to talk this much about politics, I've cut them off and we moved on. Okay. And, and here's why I let you keep talking because you keep trying to bring people together. That's all. We've got to talk. Buddy, don't go to Alaska and stay in Alaska. No, you, no, I man. Just, I'm going to put the seed in your head. Like, and, and, and for those of y'all who know who I am, I mean, I haven't even... Watching that thing the other night, that's the first time I've looked at anything that's happened since I left the military. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't... My wife, since I left for... Afghanistan in 
June or July of 08. July, July of 08 has not watched politics. And we sit down and we watch well, that. I watch the news. Or news, I'm Any, sorry. News, anything. none of it. And so, <laughs> to sit here with you, and I, I, I mean like you, you're well-versed, you're well-spoken. Tactful. You're tactful, and in your heart, you want people not to compromise on who they are, but to come together and compassionately care for one another. This all started because when I got out, I wanted to know the truth, and it has been nothing but a... It's why I've gotten to American history, but it's when I got out, I, I guess I'm still searching, why did we go over there? Why did they send us over there? What did we do? And I, I guess from there, I've, I've studied war, warfare, American history, politics, the past. I have two awesome favorite founding fathers, uh, Patrick Henry and Thomas Paine, uh, people that have talked about war and talked about endless wars and to see how that is, this is not a new problem. We are just so ill-informed about history and what we have have done in the past with endless wars and what war leads to. It Sometimes it just seems like when you go out and you do out your day-to-day routine, and you know all these problems are facing. And this is, I'm, I am guilty of this and everybody is guilty of this because as I said before, we're stuck in a routine. I mean, if you actually probably watch from above your day-to-day life, you could pinpoint exactly probably where you're gonna be at most of the times. You probably go to the same gas station, you probably go to the same stores, about the same time you get paid, you probably go, grow. I mean, it's just a routine. Google could probably tell us all where we're going. Google. <laughs> when I, I didn't know that your phone could do this and I don't know how it happens and I, I, I don't, dive into it but i just got this phone yesterday but my old phone like i would get into my uh my uh my my truck to go to work and it would say 13 minutes to work take this way but i've never even i don't know how it knows that that's my work like i've never informed google i work at mobile shooting center i I don't know how that works like i don't know how that works but yeah it probably could tell you but I, i do i want people to come together yes and the reason why is because I have tried to, to pa- I believe life is precious. All life is precious. All life means something. Um, what you spoke on about earlier about the bills up in the Northeast, absolutely, that is, that is horrific. Um, and I can understand the outrage of those on the other side of it, that absolutely. But I think a lot of this is just false doctrine politics that is playing to the far craziness of every side of the aisle. Of, and they're going to continue to do this because they look at this politics as their, as their, as, as it's their moral compass. Who cares what happens if a few eggs have to be cracked and, and whatever. And this country is going to refuse to talk to itself further and further and further. We will say less and less and less to each other. And I am deathly afraid that one day more and more bullets will be slung than, than words because we have lost the ability to talk. We have lost the ability to communicate and disagree. I mean, if you can't have anybody on the left or the right. There's no way that anybody, and I don't have much to say, but there's, I, I could I actually, there were times with Obama where there were some things that I may have agreed with him on. There were, and I just think he deserves credit for some of those things in my opinion. But if, I, and for the vast majority of his stuff, I didn't agree with, and that's fine. I, I'm not going to get into that. The the point I'm trying to make is, 
is that anybody that couldn't stand Obama, all of a sudden, if I say one, any one, one good thing that like, well, maybe I can kind of agree with that, it blows up into this whole, oh my God, you traitors, how can you say that, you're a vet? And I want to say, who do you ever, is there any person you disagree with 100% of the time? And is there any person in your life you agree with 100% of the time? No, it does. My wife will tell you that and we get along great. I mean, we've lost the, the ability to, to talk, to, disagree. to exactly. And what that does is it will, it sets up barriers where we will never come together on the things we do agree with and the things that we can and figure out how to come. And one of those things is, I, I, I guess, is war. I, I, I quit sending our guys over there unless it's necessary. That's that's really what I ask. And there's a there, you watch a lot of these these movies and you watch a lot of these things and they glorify it and they they want they uh, save in Private Ryan's and it's just but the, you all know, there's no music playing in the background while you're in Iraq. That there's no right. It doesn't yeah, the, the, the stench? mortar rounds coming down. <laughs> it. I mean you don't. It's it just. Sucks. You don't hear a mortar round either. Right, you, it, it just, just sucks, and you, you're thinking, man, well, I didn't hear. just quit sending people over there unless it's necessary, and then quit staying there, and and trying to build nation build over there. It doesn't work, and we have all these vets coming back home that don't know how to deal with it, and it sucks. Well. Cause, cause, why? Because it's because we're not building the castle; we're building the kingdom. And you may not affect every single person out there, and you may never change America, but you'll affect two or three people. I mean, I don't know, forty or fifty people hear this. This is a we're in hour number two. This will at least be a two-part thing, spread over two weeks. Two or three hundred people will listen to it. Two or three hundred lives will change. I'm not CNN, Fox, ABC. We don't have 40,000 big Thankfully. viewers today. Right. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I don't have that. And it's it's not going to happen, I don't think. I, I, I really, you know, like if CNN or Fox came to me and said, hey, we'll pay for you to keep doing this thing, I might go for that. Right. But, because, I mean, I could do more. But yeah, more Brian, than likely. Brian to read the contract. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, then I'd have to be like, sign this. Uh, <laughs> Here we are. It's like, if you want to. Shut this down. You call me up and say, "Hey, take this stuff off." Um, but I just, man, like, like my biggest um, concern is that men like yourself, and and this is why when I was reading that book, I took it kind of like a. Kind of like a. A rebuke to my own personal policy of like, I'm never talking about politics. I'm going to watch anything again, because if a guy like Albert Einstein, who, who, whose teachers always said he was difficult, didn't quite fit into society. He was very smart, but he always continued to look outside the box, and um, and he helped build a bomb that. 
I guess. I, I, I think he was part of that group of scientists that uh, built the atomic bomb. I don't think they could have done it without him. Yeah, thing. probably not. I can't imagine the pain that he lived with. Absolutely. But the one thing I saw when I was reading that book, um, what are you going to do with your life, is that he didn't withdraw. He stayed engaged. And if, man, you're an articulate dude. I don't even know all that about the numbers and everything. And, and you've studied. And, I want to know why. And that's like your thing. Just like this stuff yeah. is my thing. You it know? is. It is my escape. And, um, and so, well, it's not just an escape. It's a therapy, but it's also useful. I guess it and, could be, and, yeah. and there's people that, that I believe, just as I've benefited today from listening to you, I think that our country needs men like you to talk about what's going on. Because fewer and fewer people are doing it. You know, like, I've watched, well, this person goes for politics, and they're, they're like, getting out of, well, here, follow me. Yeah, I hear they're you. military, and, like, uh, like Colin Powell, where's he? Yeah. Um, what was the general that just left, Mathis? General Mathis. Yeah. Where'd he go? Second, I have um, no idea. Where did uh, what was the rock star dude that like got kicked out of Afghanistan? That was a big fight. with Humvee in New York, I think. Uh, McChrystal, where's he? McChrystal, oh, I forgot about McChrystal. Yeah. Where, where, where? And at some point, I get it because I'm a person. Right. And at some point, people are just like, I've had enough. Well, well, Mattis, Mattis wanted to stay in Syria. I think that's why he left. And, and Trump, and you know that. that so uh, again, I praise Trump. Get it out of Syria. Why? It's not worth it. Well, I agree. It's not. So I mean, I mean I, if, if I could, I, I mean that's that's every nation in the world, right? Would be sending their arms to a small island, and we'd build a, but a that, theme park out of all those weapons. That'll but, never happen. No, it's not. Going that'll to. never happen. Um, and, I, and I'm not naive enough to think it is. But I am, I am hopeful enough to believe that gentlemen like you, well, just can help sway the tide. Of, of I'm a drop in the ocean, brother. Yeah, with that drop in the ocean, without the drops, there is no yeah, ocean. It's true. That <laughs> and, is true. And, and Brian, you're, <laughs> you're good at what you're doing. I okay, mean, I've no, never done it before. I know, but this is like maybe this is like the the time when you go back and you listen to this two hours and something minutes and you go, "Dadgummit, it!" I can. See I'm probably going to listen well. to this and be like, "Man, I should have just done." I should have said this, this, and this, and I should have thought about that and whatever. I don't know. I. Well, I think change requires education, and like you were saying. <sighs> A you lot of nailed education it. Education is not being done. You, so you can help nailed educate it. Just your circle, and then they can educate. You absolutely. You said a drop in the ocean. She's good. Drop in the pond, and then the ripples go. No, you you absolutely so you can nailed it. You change the world. You just can't do it like today. I uh. So, change requires education, and I remember when I started disagreeing with Iraq the second time I was there. And I, I, just for me personally, everything that I used to think, and most of it was just stuff I heard and you just develop this re- repetition in your brain of, of, of things you hear so it must be true. And then you actually start, I mean, I was all for gung-ho, we need to be in 
if you ain't voting, we're going to come to your country. I mean, that's how I was. I mean, that's just well, what I was. It's what I, exactly. To admit how wrong you were, to look at yourself when you actually study history and understand it from different points of view and how, take for instance, there's a book called Dying to Win and it talks about uh, suicide bombers and what it was. It turns out most of these people that are doing it were actually secular and not actually from a religious standpoint. And you, this guy did so many, it's from the University of Chicago and he did so he did every single suicide bombing within like, I don't know, 20 years. But you're just taught, oh, it's just these crazy Muslims believing in all that. And then you actually, piece by piece, he went through and explained the history and where they, and you realize they're secular. And that's another layer of the onion being peeled back. You're just like, man, well, I thought it was this. This is what I was told. To admit when you come down to its absolute core and you had to change your mind about everything you believed because you actually educated yourself instead of listening to what others told you. It was a revelation in itself. It was just like being born again. And then to go out and admit and tell people, it sucks admitting you were wrong. And then to hear people, I can remember (laughs) right now saying, you must vote Republican on every little thing. And people might think that, oh, he's a Democrat. No, you're so far beyond what I'm trying to say. That's not what I'm trying to get at. It it amazes me to have to, to look at the person I was before and what I am now. And it all started. I wouldn't have done any of this work in the history of American history. I wouldn't have known anything had I have not gone to Iraq and in the second time questioned everything that we started doing over there in our area. So, yeah, I, I, as you say, I call it my escape. You call it, you know, me. Whatever it is, it has helped me at least get through this and try to understand why we went over there. And I've been looking for that answer ever since. It's led me to a lot of different answers. It's changed me a lot. It's, I hope, become a better father. I feel like I felt that every day. Um, but I try. It has taught me wisdom. It has taught me understanding. It has taught me patience. Um, had I not gone through the military and experienced that, I hope I could say that I would have learned all this and taught myself all this. But I, I doubt it, to be honest, the person I was before. That probably wouldn't have happened, um, but but yeah, ed, ed, educate ed, educating yourself. That's that's. So if you can change, other people can. Change. They absolutely can, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, don't I, give up on that. Yeah, I I I totally would love the idea of sitting down with people that we probably disagree with and just work on. Let's see where we agree upon. Uh, that would be great. I don't know where you start that, and and when you do do that, where does that lead? I have no idea. I, I, for me, politics is not the answer. I I think politics has shown that it is going to do exactly what politicians do. Government is an organic growth. It will thrive. It will continue to absolutely do whatever it can to stay alive. Uh, and my main concern on that is that it's going to send more people in harm's way that are going to be scarred and then going to be left with answers or no answers going to be left with emptiness despair and under why did i see some of my best friends get killed or hurt or whatever it physically mentally and they don't know why they even went over there that is my biggest concern because i have kids now becoming of age that well my mom served and my dad served and this is what i want to do and for me, that transformation was good in a way, but man, there's going to be a lot of pain on that. Like, how, I don't know how to walk that with my kids. My son already tells me he wants to go in the Coast Guard, and that's great. That's wonderful. You know, I know 
you know, your mind changes as you get older. He's young now, but you know, when you hear your own kids say that, and you're like, oh. it's it's you you he he wants to be admirable. He my oldest son does things because it's right. My youngest son he does things because something is in it for him. I have two very different boys from the same mother, but two completely. One does things because right is right, and that's what you do. The other one's like, well, if there ain't nothing in it for me, I don't know why I'm going to do it anyways. I have to incentive base him. All I got to do is tell this one that this one is right. But he is beginning to be so headstrong that he will create his own right. And I, it keeps me up sometimes at night that I, I hope if we still are stuck in this political union that we're not sending over my boys to go deal with that. I, that will probably break me more than me going over there is watching. If my son ever goes through what I went through, I'll have a breakdown and cry. I will break down because I know what he went through. That, that's, that's what I'm afraid of. Breaking down and crying. It's not, it's not, but you're watching your kids go through pain is, well, that right there? Yeah, that's pain. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll remind you. You said that you know, there's no way of fixing it. Not politically. Then, then the other thing is that I think really fixes it because I, I really don't believe the government's God. No. I, I believe that love... Yep. And, the, and, the, and the idea of, you know, God, for me, embedded in Christ, this purity of love is. You know, we always talk about selfless service. I mean, you know, you're an NCO, man. Right. I didn't get to be an NCO. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. Right. <laughs> I got, you know, broke my knee and they wouldn't let me go, even though I had passed the board and all. Um, just keep in mind you know old Bob Dylan song you're going to serve somebody yeah it may not be the politics that you find your service working in but then you got to do the love because that is the only you know how do you how do you stow the tide You've got to go out there. You've got to love other people. You got to love other veterans. You got to keep building community. You got to keep caring for people. And you're doing you're doing that stuff, Brian. You're continually educating yourself. Yeah, I won't but, stop that. But just like you said originally, and I, I can't shoot the numbers back because my mind's not that sharp. You said there's X amount of people here, X amount of people there, X amount of people there. And say it was 300 people, but each one of those people is one, two, three, four, five. They're all individuals, all the way up to the 300. And if all individuals abandoned hope, maybe it's on whatever level, that when everybody, when every individual stops caring, and, and you know, for me, um, it was driving around the, it is right now driving around the country throwing my whole life into this and for you I don't know what it's going to look like I don't know just like you said before every individual has to deal with this in their own way I think that's true I don't think there's a recipe for how to deal with it and so I I just hope that you keep I hope you keep staying engaged (laughs) stay in the fight I mean because it is a fight you know it is it's it is I agree
Hey, I want to do this one more time. Like, y'all look at those palm trees. The the palm trees of Iraq. Here's one with the uh, helicopter oh, giving the support. Yeah, They've got yeah. a palm tree and the, the helicopter and. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the film will catch that catch or not the on the phone. The yeah. But the the palm, I'll never forget once down in, I want to say it was on the trip to Basra, we stopped somewhere along around, you know, refueling thing. Mm-hmm. Get out of the helicopter for a few minutes and was sitting there. And there was this palm tree that, man, like this whole room. Yeah. It was just, it was, you couldn't see, it was creating shade on the ground. I was just thinking to myself, I owned a business that, that trimmed palm trees at 10 and 2 up and down the beach. Oh, wow. Um, you've been between Destin and Panama City. Yeah. You might have seen a palm tree that I've yeah. trimmed or one of my <laughs> right. friends have or the guys I've worked with. Um, we don't have palm trees in Florida like they, not northwest Florida like they know in Iraq. But, uh, but hey, man, thanks for absolutely. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. I mean, it is. It's. We did something with our lives, man. Yeah, and I think about myself before. I think about myself after. I don't know that person. Not the same guy. <laughs> it's not the same person. Thank not, you very much. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.